Welcome to the Ready Set Crypto Podcast. Do you expect us to talk? I, you'll be shaken and stirred. Now meet your hosts, Doc and Mab. Views and opinions heard on the Ready Set Crypto Podcast are not necessarily the opinion of this company nor its management. Material on this program is for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Hello, everyone. This is Doc Severson with today's edition of the Ready, Set, Crypto podcast. Today's topic is going to be about something that we all know that we should know more about, but few of us do, cryptocurrency and taxes. Now, before I go any further, I want to establish the fact that I'm about the furthest thing from an expert that you'd find when it comes to taxes. I think I'm genetically predisposed to tuning out when this topic comes up. So to that end, I sought out a crypto tax expert today to educate us, Patrick Camuso of CamusoCPA.com. Hello, Patrick, and welcome to our program today. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, welcome aboard. Well, Patrick, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where you're at? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, our firm works heavily with cryptocurrency investors. Outside of cryptocurrency, we also work heavily with real estate investors as well. Overall, we're very much an investor-focused firm. Um, myself personally was able to realize the opportunity in the crypto space from a business perspective as it related to the um, overall unawareness for a lot of investors as it relates to crypto taxes because both myself and a lot of my friends were trading it personally and um, we had questions ourselves. So that's sort of how we found ourselves serving investors as a business and working with individuals on crypto tax. And it just so happens that you know, we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but cryptocurrency is taxed as property. So um, we're very familiar with the taxation structure for it. Well, excellent. So you've got kind of a, a niche. You saw it, an opening and dove into it and provided some value. So Ted, start off with that, because I think that's one of the biggest things is what is different about taxes when it comes to cryptocurrencies? Are, should we view them as a security or are they some type of commodity? I think you said property. Well, you know, that's a that's a interesting question that you ask. You'd think it would be straightforward, but as it stands right now, it would definitely depend on which regulatory body within the states you're you're asking. Um in the eyes of the IRS, it's currently treated as property. And um, you know, that has some very specific implications, especially when it comes to crypto to crypto trades. So yeah, that's that's the that's the taxation structure under the IRS. It's as it's, it's as property. Um, the SEC generally wants to treat most things as securities right now, but the IRS is treating it as property. So the IRS is property. Okay. So, and before we get any further into today's discussion, let's say that I am somebody listening to the Ready Set Crypto podcast, and I'm in Australia, or I'm in Algeria, or I'm in the United Kingdom, how applicable is today's discussion going to be to their specific sovereign country? Well, we, we do try to follow international tax issues, um, especially on our blog, just because everything is connected, especially the fact that regulators across the world are very much focusing on cryptocurrency, because obviously there's a lot of lot of tax revenue at stake here and a lot of gray area in reporting. Um, our focus is within the United States 
state's taxation structure um, that deals with the IRS, and each other country is different. So when we get into any specifics as it relates to, um, you know, cryptocurrency being treated as property, for instance, or, um, you know, specific um, taxable events, those can differ country to country, but more of the overall points of just the general focus, I'd say, wouldn't differ. Okay, interesting. Okay, so uh, some of the questions that I, I then have... I- this has been the one for me because when I work with an equities broker, say like TD Ameritrade or E-Trade or whatever, I get a 1099. And yes. that's that's sent to me at the beginning of the year for the previous year. And that mm-hmm. document then becomes law because it's shared with the IRS. So mm-hmm. I can't come up with any fictitious numbers and put them into my return. It's got to match what's in that 1099. Now, when we're talking about something like like there's different types of brokers. We have fiat brokers and we have altcoin brokers like a Binance or something like that. I don't get any 1099s from those guys. How How is this done? How is the reporting structure going to the IRS these days with crypto brokers? Yes. So, um, you know, that's where the gray area really starts in this space. Um, right now, a lot of brokers are not sending 1099s to the IRS and, um, you know, some of these exchanges that some of your listeners may be on also may not even be regulated, quite frankly. Um, so, you know, it's definitely the wild, wild west from that regard. Now, you probably saw in the headlines um, later during the year of 2017, Coinbase did uh, request trading information. It came out in court cases. They were only were able to get accounts with 20K or more in value. But um, they did start to do John Doe summons to start to target records for people on exchanges. Um, in that same regard, during this tax season, Coinbase did issue 1099Ks to investors. So um, we are starting to see some of the larger exchanges actually issue 1099s. Um, we're also seeing the IRS um, you know, request more information on investors that are on exchanges. So um, most transactions right now probably aren't being reported by the exchanges to the IRS, but that's not to say that down the line later they won't be. So should somebody assume that they are being reported? Absolutely. Um, I would work under that assumption because, you know, if you're on an exchange that has your information on it, you know, that's public record. If any other exchange, especially a U.S.-based exchange such as Bittrex, um, gets one of these John Doe summons like Coinbase did, most likely um, they'll be forced to turn over records to the IRS. And going forward, um, all these exchanges will want to work with regulators towards compliance, and that will include um, reporting requirements to the IRS. Okay, so let's get into the nuts and bolts of it then. And let's talk about a, a typical example that one of our listeners would be doing. Okay, so perhaps my fiat broker is Coinbase. I'm going to seed some money. I'm going to provide U.S. dollars into Coinbase. I'm going to turn that into some form of cryptocurrency, so one of the big four. So let's just say I buy some portion of Bitcoin with that. Mm-hmm. And then... I can't buy, let's say, I want to buy Dogecoin or I want to buy Ontology or something like that. I can't do that from Coinbase. So what I've got to do is then send a portion of Bitcoin across to, let's say, Binance. Mm -hmm. So let's say that I trade in and out of Ontology. 
within Binance. So perhaps mm-hmm. perhaps I get a 30% gain of that coin in Ontology in Binance, and then it's converted over to Bitcoin again, and I've got a larger portion of Bitcoin. Can you walk me through what becomes a taxable event there? Absolutely. Even before the taxable event, let's take a step back. When you purchase um, that Bitcoin originally with fiat on Coinbase, that's going to estab- establish what's referred to as your cost basis. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's established based on the fair market value on the date of purchase. So, you know, one the first question that we do see a lot is when you take that your cost basis into Bitcoin and you transfer it over to Binance, is that a taxable event? Is the transfer a taxable event? And the answer there is absolutely no. You're just moving one property from one location to the other. Um, Now, in the next part of your example is when the first tax exposure actually arises. So um, you take a part or all of that Bitcoin and you trade it for ontology. Now, in the time from when you originally purchased that Bitcoin and set your original cost basis to when you transferred it over to Binance and made your trade for Ontology, if that Bitcoin appreciated, say you waited maybe two months to to execute that second trade, you may have seen some appreciation on your Bitcoin, you actually can have a tax exposure there when you purchase the Ontology because that is two events. You're disposing of Bitcoin and now you're purchasing Ontology. So um, your first tax exposure would be on the disposition of the Bitcoin. And then that purchase of ontology, you would establish a new cost basis in that coin based off of uh, the fair market value on the date of that transfer. So um, moving forward with that example, then you maybe hold the ontology for however long and you realized gains on it. You move that back into Bitcoin. Now, at that point, you, again, would have capital gains exposure on the disposition of the ontology. And that also would establish your new cost basis in Bitcoin. So it's, you know, it's a very cumulative process. And any time that you, you execute a trade and you dispose of property, it's a taxable event. And if you're purchasing new property, you're establishing a new cost basis. Wow. Uh, yes. that, that's that's kind of amazing. I'm I'm glad you cleared that up for me. So, you know, because my my perspective on it, and maybe I'm just being um, I'm being simplistic about it, but it seems like I shouldn't have to worry about the the transactions that I do in Binance, and I should just worry about the fiat currency that I put into Coinbase and the fiat currency that I withdraw from Coinbase. So kind of a, a net sum in and out kind of thing. But each one of these then is a serial taxable event based on how you're describing it. Yeah, and I'd like to drill down on that a little bit because there is some 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 gray area here. And it is sort of a subject of controversy um, currently, as a matter of fact, which I'll get to in a second. But um, where these crypto-to-crypto trades fall under under um, IRS regulations, since this is taxes property, would be like-kind exchange or 1031 exchange. They're also referred to. You see it's a lot. You see it used a lot with real estate. Um, in the past, you've also seen it used a lot with art. Generally speaking, since there's no substantial authority, such as the IRS or a court case, saying that these 1031 exchanges are specifically permitted for a cryptocurrency, there's there's really no qualification for us to take that position. Um, the AICPA just this week actually requested 
further guidance from the IRS on a variety of open questions since there is a lot of gray area even when it comes to this taxation. One of the questions they did ask was 1031 exchanges. Um, So, you know, the conservative approach is to treat all of these trades as taxable events since most likely the IRS will, will provide more guidance in the future that these are in fact taxable events. As it stands now, it's a gray area. Um, all of our investors do do report crypto to crypto trades as taxable events, given um, you know just the nature of the ambiguity as it stands right now. Now, are these transactions uh, considered to be short term or long term gains, or does that depend on how long you hold it? Precisely, it would depend on your holding period. Um, anything that you hold for twelve months or longer would be long term capital gains, and the rest would be short term. Okay. And one interesting thing to note too, uh, with ten thirty one exchanges, with yeah, with ten thirty one exchanges or like kind exchanges, whichever term you're more familiar with, um, with the tax law changes in two thousand eighteen, they actually specifically restricted like kind exchanges just to real estate. So you know, in the past, art and other personal property was permitted, but that's restricted going forward. Um, two thousand seventeen is questionable, but again, what it really comes back to is three considerations for us for us for 2017 the first is strictly speaking from a technical standpoint since the irs hasn't made a ruling there's no substantial authority um and that's a technical phrase so you know we wouldn't be able to avoid penalties and interest on an adverse ruling for our clients in this regard um secondly you know we've spoken to a lot of other firms and, and cpas that we have within our network and um none of them would touch a 1031 exchange either and you know lastly there's 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 a lot of tax implications to this and there's a lot of money on the table and um you know this 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 gray area wasn't really left i don't think to to generally benefit investors so you know i don't i, I think it's a lot of money on the table that i don't think the irs is going to leave yeah that's true now uh, going back to a previous point we talked about Coinbase and Gemini and Bittrex and other domestic U.S. Uh, type brokers will eventually get into the 1099 space. That's only a matter of time, and I, I'm, you know, that's my sense that I'm picking out from you, and it's that's certainly what I would believe as well too. What about if a U.S. customer is using somebody like a Binance or some other or OKCoin or some other, uh, you know, foreign? sovereign-based broker, which is in some third-party country. Yes. Is is there ever going to be a tax reporting structure between those, between that uh, broker and the IRS? Well, it's it's very, very hard to say right now whether or not there will be. Taxpayers are definitely on the hook for those trades. Um, I think it's very, it's, it's a higher level of complexity for the IRS to enforce reporting when you know you're dealing with international exchanges just because you know they're they're not necessarily under their reach to the same degree as a coinbase is there any existing like even in the equities world is there an existing structure so in other words if if i used a broker that was based in germany for whatever reason is there any kind of reporting structure existing now for the equities markets that would accomplish something like that not not to my knowledge. Okay, so what I guess what I'm getting on here is that if we're going to be using alt brokers that are based in third-party countries other than the U.S., 
eventually we're all going to be on the honor system here until they figure out a way to do this. Well, yes. Right now we're we're somewhat on an honor system, but you know, back to that cost basis example, you know, tracking cost basis and taxability of trades is a very cumulative process. And um, you know, for especially for US based investors, if any of their activity is on US exchanges, you know, they're either they're not all international. Um, that yes. would be that would be the first concern, and then it's just really about tracking tracking cost basis. You know, your whole entire. For instance, when we actually do an analysis for for a client, um, we start with your your raw transaction files from each exchange, and you know we scrub and consolidate those files, and before we do any uh, cost basis analysis or or actually um, trade analysis for your tax liabilities, we analyze everything from a coin level and we compare that to what your ending holdings are. And we need to, we need to make sure that those numbers verify to, to make sure that we're working with full and accurate reports. And um, you know, you see the IRS also working with companies like Chain Analysis, which tries to track people through various methods that are actually holding crypto. Um, so you know that's that's another way they could potentially go at it and I, I do think if anyone gets audited um you know any any good IRS agent is going to want to compare your calculations to what your ending holdings are and everything's going to have to be trued up and with the cumulative nature of tracking cost basis um it, it could become a big issue for someone that may be considering um not reporting all their trades and you know that you know not reporting your trades it is uh you know falsely or fraudulently reporting a tax return and uh, the penalties are very stiff, and there's there's no statute of limitations on that either. Yeah, I guess the nature of my question was more about I really do depend on that 1099. Oh, at, it's a, at it's the a end of the year. Process. In other words, yeah. what I normally do is I just hand over, and and again, this goes back to my opening statement that I try to stay away from this stuff. I hand over the 1099 to my CPA and say, here, knock yourself out. But in this case, we're not going to have that if we have a third third country broker here something like a binance or you know somebody that's located overseas is that so that leads to no, my, it my puts next a big burden it puts a very big burden on the taxpayer and to that point as well um yeah and that's why you know you have to go to a specialized cpa but to that point as well also when you're on an international exchange you may have foreign reporting requirements in addition to your crypto requirements. So, you know, there's even additional implications there. Okay, so that leads to the next next point here. How do you how do you track this or how do you uh, advise your customers to track their transactions? How do you follow the life cycle of that crypto and its various cost bases uh, through one conversion to another? Yes, there's a there's a ton of different tax softwares out there, many of which, um, you know, we're speaking with various founders and we're vetting right now. Um, you know, a lot of them are in the earlier stages, and when you're importing APIs, we 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 see some a, a lot of a lot of issues. But you you know you can go that route and do an API import if you if you do go that route. Um, we still recommend downloading all your actual transaction files from the exchanges that you're trading on and we also recommend doing that on a periodic basis um, one of the things that we saw in 2017 was some investors would come to us and they'd be missing a significant amount of records just because the exchanges don't save them so you know they really a lot of these exchanges 
especially the international ones like you mentioned are not built with taxes in mind so first and foremost you know we have to have a good starting point with our records so we want our investors to be diligent in record keeping so we recommend at least quarterly downloading all your your trading transactions from all applicable exchanges and you know saving them in your cpa share file or you know saving them down on your desktop so we're able to reference them at the end of the year you know at the end of the year for us what we need is every single trade and transaction that took place for you in cryptocurrency every single one if you can give us every one we can we can give you all you know a full and accurate analysis so it's really just about making sure that we're able to maintain that throughout the year well patrick you've been extremely helpful today this is uh you you've helped kind of uh, unmuddy the waters at least for me now i i have a much better sense of of what it's going to take for for my taxes going forward so to that end I, i'd like to give you an opportunity here to answer this question what are the three pieces of advice that you think that everybody listening to this ought to be doing right this second so what are the three things you'd like to advise them to do well you know the first i would say is reach out to a cpa that's experienced with cryptocurrency within the next three months not do not wait till tax season because you may have to make estimated tax payments and you know if you do have a large amount of crypto there may be tax planning opportunities for you as well so you know you never want to pay needless penalties or needless taxes when you don't have to that would that would be the first one the second one would be you know one of the main themes throughout our conversation today is that in the states cryptocurrency is taxes property and that means you know any trade triggers a taxable event so you know this is especially important for active traders that may be taking profit into into uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum and still be exposed to that market validity, but on the hook at year end for their for their paper gains. Um, so you know that's another that's another big one to keep in mind for active traders. And lastly, um, like I mentioned, the AICPA it's the largest CPA body in the states. They just requested further immediate guidance from the IRS on taxation of cryptocurrencies on a wide array of topics um, that obviously right now we're in a gray area. So um, definitely watch for more news regarding that. Um, we're staying up to date to that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to advise you exactly on how that affects your portfolio. Okay, so it may be changing uh, from year to year to year. So stay, stay tight with somebody that understands the space then. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Patrick, if uh, somebody wanted to reach out to you for guidance or just to establish contact, how would they contact you? Yeah, the best the best way to contact me would be to um, visit my website. We have a contact us page there, and all of my information's there. That is camusocpa.com, C-A-M-U-S-O-C-P-A.com. And we also have uh, definitive cryptocurrency taxation guides that go over everything that you need to know as it stands now, and uh, we'll be continuing to update that. So there's a lot of good content there as well. Okay, fantastic. Patrick, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you've, been, you've been very educational. You've filled in a lot of gaps for me about this topic, which apparently applies to just about everybody out there. So thanks again for your time, and have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on.